and we could go home and hallelujah, I think it'd be all right. Anybody but me can just tear up a little bit and that kind of a song and the way it's sung and the pictures, wow, goodness, my goodness. Let's stand just one more moment just for the reading of the word. Amen. Along with Brother Johnson, let me just echo that I, all of our guests, we're just so glad to see y'all. Carol, good to have you back. Amen. Amen. All the rest of you here, hallowed, all of our folks, we just lay claim to you, even if you are a guest today. Amen. Hope you like it. Hope we wasn't too loud. We do get a little loud. Praise God. We confess and we're sorry if your ears are sensitive. We wouldn't do that. We wouldn't do that to hurt anybody, but hallelujah. The world gets a little loud, don't they? <laughs> hallelujah. Amen. You wouldn't go in a nightclub that was real soft and quiet. Not if you was going to have a good time. Hallelujah. You get kind of loud, kind of noisy. Praise God. Heaven's going to be loud, going to be noisy. Hallelujah. Get used to it. Praise God. Praise God. Y'all just adjust me good back there. Not too loud, but fix it where everybody can hear me. 2 Timothy 3, verses 2, 5. I struggled with this, y'all, and I confess my insecurity here. And I just kept being pressed and pushed. And, uh, you know, it's not appropriate probably for a 4th of July independence message, but we're the church and, um, you know, we, uh, we just going to try to follow the Lord, hopefully. And that's how faith works. You just step out on faith and you just like, well, I don't, this is not what I wanted to preach, but, but, uh, this is what I keep feeling in my gut. And so we'll just deal with, I don't know how it's going to come out. We'll just see, all right? Don't know if it'll be preaching or teaching. It doesn't matter, but, but, but you'll get it. Amen. Thank you for being here. You're wonderful. I love you. And I want to try to help you here. Second Timothy, third chapter, verses two through five. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. And then he gives you little instructions about what to do with people like that. People that don't believe in miracles, people that don't believe in the gifts of the Spirit, people who would shut you down if you begin to talk in tongues or try to operate. He, he said, here's what to do with people like that. From such, turn away. I don't want to be blunt. I don't want to be harsh. I wouldn't be ugly toward anybody. Amen. But we have to tell the truth. We need directions. People that have a form of godliness, they have pews, they may have stained glass, they may have a pulpit and a PA system and a keyboard and they may have a, listen, but if they don't believe in the miracle power of God, if they don't believe in the operation of the gifts of the Spirit, if they just pick and choose what they believe and don't believe and they're stuck in traditions, he is simply saying stay away from those kind of people. Isn't that just the opposite of what people do? Oh, don't get near those holy rollers. 
Don't get, you know, that, well, stay, they're preaching to stay away from us, but the Bible says stay away from them. I'm preaching before I even get done with my text. You know what? They're just preaching the room here today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've been with folks, Brother Green, and spoke truth to them. But because they sat under some false doctrine that had put fear in their hearts about truth, when I spoke a word of truth out of the scripture, they became paralyzed with fear. Let me tell you what, fear is taught. Just like prejudice is taught. And hate is taught. Love is taught. Victory is taught. Truth is taught. Liberty is taught. And that's what we're doing here right now. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord. I'll give him praise. Hallelujah. You may be sick, man. This is a holiday weekend, and I will not take advantage of you. Amen. And I will uh, be as easy on you as I possibly can. But you're going to gather up a couple things uh, here, I think. But if God is in this, and I believe he is, not a deep, not a deep message, but I think your spirit's going to begin to preach on maybe just a one-liner here. One of the signs uh, of the end time, this is what he was talking about here to Timothy. Uh, one of those signs is that people will be more selfish. It's about self. You know, Brother Tenney brought out the fact once about, you know, magazines, you know, you got, you know, you had used to be Life magazine and then and maybe they still I don't know if they still have Life magazine or not. It was post whole and then they got finally got down to there's a magazine called Self. <laughs> Man, I mean just blatant with it. It's all about me. All right. And so so it People would be selfish. In other words, lovers of themselves is what the scripture tells us here. It's, it's all in there. Just remember this, though. Uh, and this is more or less the teaching part. A, a, a man who loves himself, this is a danger part, just what you watch out for. A, a, a person who loves himself more than he loves his brother is a man who will betray his brother <laughs> uh, if he sees personal gain in it. In other words, people are looking out for number one. This is, this is what you have to do with. It's okay, it's okay if he's selfish. So No, no, no. No, if you have any dealings with a selfish person, he's going to get to you. Hallelujah. Amen. But, but remember this. This is a part. We're not just here to just criticize, point out faults and problems. We're not going to do that unless we have some kind of a remedy for it. You don't need somebody, oh, you got this, you got, no, no, well, what can I do about it is what I want to get to. This is, this is the part. Listen, part of the work of the cross is death to self. Now, we don't like to hear that message on a holiday where we celebrate liberty and, and you know, we get to do what we want to do, but, but this is just what I'm feeling right now. I won't try to get on your case too much here, but, but, but the cross does something. Amen. So I want to preach to us today just a little bit, amen, about authority. That's power, all right? Amen. Is derived from death or from the crucifixion. You can't get it anywhere else, all right? Listen, Micah is another one of my favorite little chapters or little little passages in, you know, one of the minor prophets. Micah, he just, he's just a little book, but these men 
were anointed of God, said some powerful things. Watch this. Micah 6 and 8. He hath showed the old man what is good and it's just plain language. And what doth the Lord require of thee? I mean, there are some requirements regardless of what a lot of Christian preachers preach and teach. There are some requirements, all right? He said, but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. Now, another, in another translation, the word mercy here is translated loyalty. Now, you could use whichever word you want, but it's good to have that in there. In other words, you know, you know so, so it would read this if we, used, if we used loyalty. What does the Lord require of you? One of those requirements is to love loyalty. I mean, you can get took right now. And you can go into the business deal with a person and his whole point, his whole, whole purpose is to take you. Listen, it is our relationship with one another that gives us power over the enemy. We need to understand that. Now, this is not, a, this is not some kind of slur on the, on the lady folks. Please don't take, people have done this before. Adam, I don't know how long it was. I don't know how much time passed while Adam was in the Garden of Eden all by himself. He didn't even count as far as the devil was concerned. He was no threat to the enemy while he was all by himself. (laughs) The devil didn't pay no attention to him. But when the woman showed up, there was agreement where two or three are gathered together in my name. There I will, the Lord said this, there I will be in the midst of them. There's power in agreement. If you don't have nobody to agree with, you all by yourself, what are you going to do? Not much. You're no threat to the enemy. But when Eve showed up, that's when the threat came along. Not that it was her, but it was the two of them together. What they could accomplish, what they could pull off what they could do for God's kingdom and it worries the enemy just a little bit when we come together. When we come to church, when we convince people that organized religion is not a bad thing. You know, can you imagine people doing it? Listen, everything Jesus did was organized. He put it together. He constructed a foundation of men, followers who were true and faithful, at least most of them, and built the foundation for the church. That's what threatens the enemy when you keep showing up. You keep showing up with your baggage. You keep showing up with the sins that you can't get victory over. You keep coming in with your guilt and with your fear and, and your unworthiness. You just keep coming. That's what threatens the enemy. We can tear his playhouse down. We can keep him on the run. As long as we're not, you know, you know, the Bible talked about the Satan is the accuser of the brethren. He wants to, he does that to cause division, cause that, cause the separation, because he knows when we get together, we can do great harm and great damage to his kingdom. Hallelujah, Amen. So one of the requirements is to love loyalty, loyal person, faithful person, trustworthy person. Hallelujah, Amen. Our relationships gives us power. Hallelujah. Needless to say, there is a spirit 
of independence in our world. That, you know, what maybe is a good day, Independence Day Monday. You know? Hallelujah. Our only concern, this is, I'm speaking from the, you know, carnal uh, perspective of a, of, a, of a person who is just not repented, not filled with the Spirit, not converted. Amen. Our only concern is, you know, who has the most value or who is the most important? Let, let me ask a question here. It may, maybe this will help us a little bit. Which is more important on your car, the transmission or the engine? Why did you get a car? Well, I need transportation. I need something I can get in and go when I get ready to go. All right? You know, listen, let's break it down just a little bit. Your engine can be the best that money can buy. It can be the most powerful and more horsepower than anybody on your block. But without a transmission, regardless of which one of them costs more and is more expensive or whatever, you know, regardless, amen, without a transmission, your car is useless. So to me, one is, has just as much value as the other. John 13 and 35 by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, not because you talk in tongues, not because you dress modestly, not because you pray out loud and shout and run the aisles. All that's good. In fact, all that's byproducts of what the Holy Ghost will do in an individual's life. That's part of that. Amen. It's not all of that. He said it's because you have love. That's why everybody, that's how everybody's going to know that you're a disciple of Christ because you have love, not, to, not toward God, but he's, he said because you have love one to another. You know, we love God, but we can't stand our neighbor. <laughs> that's why the guy said, the, the, the writer said, how can you love God whom you have not seen? And you don't love your brother. Who, hey, that's the very reason I can't love my brother because I've seen him. <laughs> I'll just answer that. We found out that he's human. We found out that he's got flaws in his life. That's things he's still struggling with. He ought to have the victory over that by now, but we just keep on loving him. Hallelujah. We keep on putting up with him. We keep on trying to help. That's a sign that you are a true disciple of Christ. You know, I wonder how many people are in search of this powerful preacher that's just, per I, you know, I hate to tell you that all of your favorite preachers, no matter how anointed and how powerful, guess what? Let me just let you in on a little secret. They are human beings. Got in the whole mission department, got to go to headquarters, you know, made our trips up years ago and got to sit down with some of my favorite people for lunch. We'd have those board meetings in, in, in you know, in headquarters and then we'd have lunch together. And I thought, you get, to, you get to know people if you sit at lunch with them. I found out some of them have fear. Some of them have aggravations. They have frustrations. They have a temper. I found out that one guy who I love so much, amen, he'd go golfing and he'd write saints' names on the golf ball. <laughs> Only chance I get to do this. I always have to look good, you know, look nice and holy. Put them right down now, right now. You hear me? <laughs> See ya. Hope it does slice or hook. Go out in the woods, so I'll never see you again. 
No, no, I'm just telling you, I'm not picking on our preacher friends. But listen, people are human beings, and human beings will let you down. That's why you need to love your preacher and love all preachers and all saints. But just know this, they are human beings. Love them and trust God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This shall all men know. By this, you have love one to another. Listen, you know the First Corinthians 13, the love chapter is one we use at weddings. <clears throat> Brother Jerry, you know, we use this you in your wedding. Amen. And, and it's just beautiful. But, but, you know, this can be used anytime. Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels. In other words, you can be a tongue talker. Amen. And have not charity or love. I am become a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. Brother Chad, that's some of that oratory that the great apostle Paul was speaking here. Amen. What a powerful man. Amen. With his words. Amen. You can have the gifts of the spirit. And if you don't have love, he said, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand I'm preaching a little bit to somebody right now, understand all mysteries, amen, have all the answers in other words and all knowledge. And though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. Boy, now that gets right down where the rubber meets the road, doesn't it? I mean, that's like the real deal right there. Oh, but I've got this gift. So what? I'm glad you do. Have fun. Do you love your neighbor? Do you love me? Hallelujah. That's the litmus test, folks. Hallelujah. When you married, you promised for better, for worse, for richer, for poor. Amen. Getting into some more of that, Sister Shannon. Boy, that richer, poor, that's a tough one right there. And until death do you part. By the way, every time I preach something like somebody feels like I'm picking on them. Listen, let me tell you, I'm not picking, I'm just going to read the scripture, all right? I may make a comment on it a little bit, but please don't leave here and say, man, you know, listen, you do whatever you want to do. You divorce if you want. You don't do the whole deal. I'm not picking on you, all right? Hallelujah. That's a confirmation right there if y'all don't know. Hallelujah. Amen. Spirit's working in this place. Amen. Don't leave here and say, boy, pastor's on my case again. No, no, no. I'm just going to read the scripture. Amen. For better, for worse, for richer, for poor, till death do us part. Listen, this is what that is. That, that is a godly covenant that you pledge to one another, and you did it at your own personal expense. I'm doing this. Because I love this person. Hallelujah. It says whether you are loyal, listen, whether you're loyal to me or not, I'm going to be loyal to you. That's what that says. And you get two people saying that to each other. That's why I don't recommend going to the justice of the peace. Legally, by our laws, you're married when you do that. And if you did that, that's okay, all right? I'm going to claim you as being married. But I recommend get you a Jesus name, Holy Ghost, apostolic, one God, tongue-talking, Bible-believing, tithe-paying, sold-out preacher, 
and do it in Jesus' name. Many years ago, I told my dad, I was these divorces and all this stuff, and I'm kind of like, well, you know, people get divorced, you know, and, and I quoted the scripture, and he's the wrong guy to start quoting scripture because he knew the Bible back and forth. And I said, Dad, you know, the Bible said, what God hath joined together, let no man put asunder. He looked at me and he said, son, that's true. That is true. He said, if God did it, but he said, there's a lot of marriages God had nothing to do with. That's not some loophole, not from him. He wouldn't look for no loophole. He just told me the truth, and I never forgot it. So, yes, it's not intended for divorce to take place. You know, God never intended. But Moses, give a bill of divorcement for that because, you know, people were killing each other. And I've told people that. I've worked with people with divorce. I've worked, you know, with, with their marriages. You know, and finally, you know, I realized I'm not getting anywhere. And finally, I said, you know what? I've not done this much but I have done this a time or two. You know what y'all need to do? Y'all need to get a divorce. I've actually, I'm a Pentecostal Jesus name preacher. Why? Because I don't want her to kill him <laughs> or her, him to kill her because <laughs> I could see it building up. Hallelujah. But when you love somebody and you make promises to them, hallelujah, and you do it before God and witnesses, it shouldn't be easily broken here. Hallelujah. Now, now you don't justify, you need to be, you're looking at people who are trying to be loyal to each other. That's how you, that's how you form a marriage. Uh, but you don't justify loyalty by virtue of circumstances. If he does right and he treats me right, then I, but as soon as he did, you know, I'm, no, 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 no. Listen, I don't need somebody to be loyal to me when I'm worthy of it. This is the part that we miss. This is the human part that we look right past because, again, we love self and we love pleasure and we have a form of godliness. As long as this goes good, then I'll be right in. But when it messes up, you, you drop your end of the Listen, just because somebody drops their end of the deal, their bargain, that doesn't change what I agreed and promised to God. This is not about just marriage. This is about any kind of relationship. I've had friends, I had friends over the years, when they see that you have a problem or a flaw, they walk away from you and never look back. I can't do that. Maybe it's a weakness that I have. If you're my friend, I have people that leave here, and I'm thinking, they're just as out of the will of God as they can be. And they're wondering, I'm going to be all mad at them. I said, you know what, I'm, and my wife can vouch for this. And Chad and Melissa can, can vouch, and some of you elders. Listen, I look at people in the eye and say, guess what? I'm going to be your friend till we die. That's too much liberty for some folks. No, because you're supposed to get mad at me. Hallelujah. And there's some folks who want to leave and they won't talk to you. They just leave, but they figure out, they figure out something to get mad about. I'm like, you could have just left. This is, not a, this is not a cult. We don't like hold a gun to your head and make you come here. We, we want you to be here because you want to be here. But, you know, as people walk away and they're all mad, and I'm like, well, that's a good enough excuse as any, I guess, if you want to get, you don't, but you don't have to get mad. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm a, I love you now. And I, like I say, listen, you know, one lady, they had a little, little problem here in the church many, many years ago, and finally I talked to the one side and talked to the other side. Finally I went back and I said, you know, um, this person's all right with you. They really did. They apologized. They didn't intend to do anything. Now, are you ready to forgive them? And she looked at me. She said, I'll think about it. 
what, what is that? Y'all, I got mad. I'm kind of like Morel Cornwell. It started in my socks. And it just kind of worked its way right up. I'm like, you can't do that. A Christian just forgives. Especially when somebody asks you to forgive them. You just do it. Just keep your forgiveness button on. Just keep the switch on forgiveness. Just keep it on on. Whatever happens, whoever does whatever they do to you that frustrates you and aggravates you and angers you, guess what? Just you forgive them. Uh, and that's how, that's how that you make the enemy nervous because he is the accuser of the brethren. They did this to you. What are you going to do? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you don't need to be loyal to me when I'm good and when I'm on top of the world. When I mess up, I'm not planning on doing that, but I need somebody to, to, to believe in me. I've often said this. When, a, when a, an accusation is made, in our movement, you can't have an accusation. It's scriptural. You can't, you can't accuse a brother without two or three witnesses. That's a good thing because when an accusation is made towards someone, whether it's true or not, great damage is done. That's why the Bible says shun the very appearance of evil. I, I, I'm not going to take a drink, will you? I'm not going in the bar. Somebody see me. I'm not even going in. I've heard people go to the bar to witness. I'm not going in there to witness. What if somebody sees me go in there? The appearance of that. I can somebody's across the street. Oh, I saw the preacher going. To, what's it? You just assume. He, well, he's hanging out at the bar. So I just don't go there. I may stand on the outside of the bar. <laughs> Hallelujah. The wonderful news. This is, I'm trying to get to this, but, but, but I, I keep, y'all keep holding me up here. Amen. <laughs> the good news is that God will always be loyal and true to you. Oh, that, that's, that's why when we, when we feel his presence, when we drive into the parking lot, I've just not prayed right this week. I skipped my fast day again. <laughs> Can I make an, a confession to you? We got to call a fast. We got to, you know, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm easy. I'm easy on you. But that means if I call a fast for you, that means I have to fast. I'm selfish. I told you I was. But when you drive in or walk in here, you feel the presence of God because you didn't do right and you stumbled and you said what you shouldn't have said. You looked at something that you wasn't supposed to look at, but you still feel his presence right here. What's it? What's how he's being faithful. He's being loyal. Amen. Hallelujah. He loves you anyway. Listen, on your worst day, he will never be unfaithful. He will never betray you. Now we're working on that, but that's God. That's what keeps me serving him and loving him. Amen. And asking for his presence and his, that's what keeps us going. That's good. Hallelujah. You know, you know the Bible tells us, the Bible tells us 
that not only did he forgive us, he won't even remember our sins. Hebrews 8, 12, watch this. For I will be merciful to those, to their unrighteousness. I don't know if you're perfect or not. You know, well, yes, I do. (laughs) Maybe you don't, this doesn't touch you. But when you realize that you don't have it all together, these scriptures really could mean much more to us. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness. Hey, the very fact that you don't think you're unrighteous, that's a sin. That's wrong right there. You need to repent of that. Merciful to their unrighteousness and their iniquities will I remember no more. Now that's what he's asking us to do. We can't do it. We never, we never attained that level yet. That's what keeps us coming back. Somebody's wondering why they can't get, get all of everything. I'm going to preach this to you. Amen. I'm going to do it every once in a while. God will do almost everything for you. That's not, a, that's not one of those famous messages, you know, that your favorite preacher preaches normally, but that's the truth. He'll leave something for you to wrestle with and struggle with and be guilty over. Or the altars would be empty. They would be dry. Nobody would weep. Nobody would weep. But, but, but he leaves something there because it lets us know you really don't have what it takes. You're doing good. I love you in spite of you. But let me tell you, you need me. Hallelujah. And it keeps bringing us back to the house of the Lord. We keep repenting. Listen, I'm a professional at repenting. I repent every day. Hallelujah. Why? Because I need to. Hallelujah. Praise God. I think we all desire victory in this war. I mean, we want to win. Now, Therefore, we must be very, very careful when choosing a weapon. Jesus chose, this is, this is good for us right here. Jesus chose a towel and a wash basin for his weapon. This was his weapon of choice. I think, I think he would know. Oh, he, and by the way, he won the victory too. <laughs> Over death, hell, and the great. You talk about powerful. Oh, he wanted over death, hell. We're afraid of, sure, we're a little afraid of the grave. Some of us have been a little close to it in our own lives. Like, oh, is this it? <laughs> Hallelujah. That heart monitor that I wore that time. They strapped that thing on, you had to wear it 24 hours. And, that, you know, I just had an irregular heartbeat. And was that, I guess that was, was that before or after my heart surgery? That was before. And that thing, I could watch my heartbeat. I could watch it. I could like, I'm setting up the bed, and it would just wouldn't beat. It like, and I looked at my wife. I said, well, baby, we, 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 we've had fun, and we've been, I'm, I'm like, come on. <laughs> And then it would it would go boop. It just did a little beep, you know. Like, whoo, thank you, Lord, <laughs> Hallelujah! I thought that was it. 
hey, it gets scary. You feel like you're like looking over in the, in the edge of the grave here. Like, well, y'all hope y'all make it all right. Because it looks like I'm going to be checking out here if that thing don't kick back on here and wake up. <laughs> but the grave is scary. Oh, they used to sing a song. There ain't no grave. Y'all remember that? Going to hold my body down. There ain't no grave going to hold my body down. When I hear that trumpet sound, this is worth living for God for, for folks. This, this is worth fighting in the war and in the battle and not giving up. When I hear that trumpet sound, I'm going to get up. I'm going to get up out of that ground. There ain't no grave going to hold my body down. That keeps me going. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's a scripture somewhere here in Matthew 24, I believe it is. Hallelujah. Amen. What that means, though, hallelujah. Sister Valerie, that's personal crucifixion. But that's back on our subject again. That, that's, that's where the power comes from. Hallelujah. That's the power source. That's how you get it. That's the conduit. That's the means to get. We all want that, and we preach about it. You know, I don't know what we think. I, maybe I'll tell you what I thought. I thought if I could pray hard enough, fast long enough, shout high enough and loud enough, then I got in the right spot, especially with the right service and the right famous preacher, and especially if I could get him, then it was just going to be trans. I, I believe in transferring. I believe, I believe that you get near people. I believe there is a trap. But, but, but normally, your power is going to come through, you know, just, just life. You keep being faithful. You keep being loyal. And you keep loving your brother in spite of your brother. Because he or she, they're going to let you down, your neighbor. They will. And so, so just love them because God said that's the right thing to do. Not because their performance is good and proper and pleasing to you. I'm telling somebody here how to get power from God. I know people who travel long distances. They hear about this preacher. Oh, he's preaching. People's falling out and healing. If I could just get there, I just, that's nothing wrong with that. But you, you get your power in your everyday, get up in the morning, go to work, get up and go to school. You just treat your neighbor right, treat your family right, and you keep following truth and you'll get there. Is this too boring for somebody just to, listen, this is the truth. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen, this is where the real power is. I mean, this is like the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. But it's like, well, I really didn't know that was, yeah, there's a pot of gold there. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen, it's not the easiest and the most popular road to travel, but it's the right road. Jesus prayed. Jesus said, Father, let this cup pass. He didn't even want to do it. I don't want to do this. But he said, nevertheless, not not my will, but thy will be done. This was his flesh. Just fearful uh, of that horrible end. But that's where the power was. That's what it took for him to have a, listen, you can't have a resurrection. We always want a resurrection. But to have a resurrection, somebody has to die. We, that's the part we don't like. We want to skip the death part. 
and I just want to get right over here to the resurrection. I want to start laying hands on people and cancer start falling off and I want to pray, you know, people through to the Holy Ghost. But I don't want to die. But this is the true source of crucifixion is the only way to obtain power from God. Death to this old man. Not doing what you want to do, but what you ought to do. Hallelujah. Old folks, the old folks, I'm sure, I don't know how far, but I don't they would bury their dead with their feet toward the east. That old cemetery in Harrisonburg, Louisiana, Catahoula Parish, you can be driving from Jonesville from the east and you see that, that old hill and the whole hillside's covered with tombstones. And I, I'm sure there's those that just got a place in there. But my folks, amen, their, face, their, their feet is facing right down that road. And you can see up in those pine trees and you can see those white, even at night, especially if it's a moonlit night, you can see up far as you can see up that hill. You can see those old white stones. Amen. The, the, the thought was this. They knew the scripture. Amen. That God's going to split the eastern sky. He's going to come out of the east. And so those old Christians, they would bear their dead their feet toward the east. So when they set up in that grave, they're facing the Lord. Amen. That's what they believed. I don't know how that's all going to happen, but they're going to set up and they're going to see Jesus. The Bible said the dead in Christ shall rise first. Hallelujah. Then those who remain in our lives shall be caught up in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. Listen, I want to just go ahead and die. I want to go ahead and be crucified. What we're talking about, I'm not talking about committing suicide or something. I'm talking about dying out to this flesh that rules and dictates and tell us, tells us what to do and what not to do. I want to, I want to crucify myself. Now, here's the point. We've got to understand. This may get a little humorous, but, but listen, you can't crucify yourself. You can get part of the way there, but you can't do it all by yourself. So you know what God will do? God lets you have a few brothers and sisters around to help you. <laughs> Those that you're trying to love. You ever think about it? Think about it, man. You get up on the, you got up on the cross. You could nail this hand. You, you could nail your feet. You could get the hammer nailed, and you could probably get around here somehow and nail a nail in there and get that one. But what you gonna do? You gotta. Oh, oh, oh! That's my best friend. He'll do that for me. That's one of my brothers and one of. My, oh, they'll nail you up there. That's why. You, that's one of the reasons you're in church, not just to shout. But see how much patience and long-suffering you have. Amen. How much love you, you say you have love. Let me just see how much love you got. <laughs> Hallelujah. But that's what we got to do. And we need to be willing to go to the cross. I know this is some kind of a weird message here today. But I, I want victory. I want you to be delivered. I want you to win this battle that you're in. I believe, and I believe in you because God started something in you. Most of you, I was either near you or had my hands on you when you received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And I know it was from God. And I'm not willing to turn you loose to everything out there in the world. I'm just not willing to do it. So just let me prophesy to you. Listen, we're going to make it. And we're going to make it together. Amen. We're going to be shouting. Till Jesus comes, 
Come on, folks. Hallelujah. I need to quit. Come on, let's just stand. Come on, let's put our hands together. Hallelujah. Glory, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Chad made the statement today, which was just a very, 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 very good statement. You know, we live in this life, Brother Thompson, and we get wounded and we get hurt. And it's real. And we could preach praise and shouting and we could shout right on over it. I could go to some of y'all. But it's still there. The, the, you know, we're bloody and battered and, and we're, we're in, a, in a battle called life. Hallelujah. But he made the statement, if you're wounded, you go to a man, you talk to a man who's got scars. <laughs> There's somebody in this room right now. It may not be me. They've suffered through the same thing you're going through. Because here's what the enemy would do. Nobody's been through what I'm going through. And not only that, nobody cares. Paul said that, wasn't it? Paul said, nobody cared for my soul. I don't know if you know that or not. That's a harsh, ugly, horrible place to be in. Nobody cares for my soul. Well, we do. We care how you're doing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost working here right now. Thank you, Jesus. God started something. He began a good work in you. And God's not a quitter. If he started it, the scripture says that he'll, he'll finish it. So you just hold on. I preached this everywhere because it was probably the most painful and the most direct thing that I heard God deal with me on. I'm a faith preacher, and I've always just, I'm kind of like Chad was talking about in Sunday school. Just just suck it up and, you know, get over it. And that was, you know, I don't know if I ever said that to people, but that was my thinking. I just, I didn't understand. It was my own ignorance. Sister Jan, people were in real trouble real trouble and here I am preaching faith that you could just reach out and pull it and Brother Green it just doesn't happen that way sometimes so I began to preach something different right in the middle of my pain I thought it was over I was like the the graveyard was in sight (laughs) I couldn't quit weeping y'all remember that I didn't do it that much in front of y'all but I did I had my friends calling from all over the fellowship. Merle Ewan called me. He said, Bubba, <laughs> I want to sing you a little song. Is it all right? I said, yes, sir, Brother Ewan. They had detected cancer in my body. I wasn't taking it too well. And he sung a little song called, God Does All Things Well. I wept on the back deck. I didn't even want my wife and my family seeing me weep. But I didn't have much faith. I laid hands on other folks and they were healed and filled. And, but here I was. I didn't have enough faith. Fear. See, when you get fear, it paralyzes you in faith. It stops you in your tracks. Other preachers called me. Brother Libby called me and said, Is it okay if I pray for you, Brother Curry? 
I said, Brother Libby, I'll let a Jehovah's Witness pray for me right now. <laughs> but I got to the point where I was preaching, not just suck it up and go on. I got to preaching, just hold on. I, I actually would say the word, and y'all heard me say it. I preach against just holding on. But when I got to the point, Sister Carol, where that's all I could do, I'm just holding on. I'm not much benefit for the great kingdom of God. I can't see where I could help anybody right now. And God said, just hold on. Just keep holding on. The closer you get to death, the closer you get to the crucifixion, the more powerful you're going to be. Hallelujah. So go talk to a man who has scars. And he help you out of that. Because he's been there. He's done that. Hallelujah. Boy, I'm, I'm trying to stop, but I, I can't find a stopping place here. Maybe we'll just, maybe we will. We'll just say, you know what? Anybody just got a special need? I don't, I don't know how to do this, but anybody got a special need? Maybe, maybe there's somebody standing near you. Maybe, you know, the, the scriptures say, let the bride, let the bride say, come. Why don't you give the altar call? Maybe you know, maybe you don't know what somebody's suffering through and going through. Say, hey, let's go down to the altar together. Let's, let's just walk down and let's stand down. And bring some, come and bring somebody with you. Amen. Let's just spend the next few minutes. And what we're saying is, God, I can't handle this. Maybe you're just hanging on. But I know that you can help me. And you're my only hope. I put my trust in you. Hallelujah. I need some of that power. I know that I got to die before I can resurrect. So I'm just believing in you, God. I'm just going to love you while I love my neighbors. Come on, that's it. Just come believing right now. Come expecting. Amen. That the Holy Ghost is going to put his hand on you. Right where you are. That's it. That's it. Oh, hallelujah. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's let God do it. Come on, let God touch you. Say yes to him. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. I feel some depth. I feel some strength. I feel some power in this house. Thank you, Jesus. myself away so you can use me I give myself away I give myself away so you I give myself away myself away so you 
can use me, give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. Here I am, here I stand. Lord, my life is in your hand. Lord, I long to see your desires revealed in me. Oh, I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. I give as a living sacrifice, Lord, I dreams all my plans. Lord, I place them in your hand. Oh, I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. Give myself away so you can use me. Give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. Give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. There I am, here I stand. Lord, my life is in your hand. Lord, I am longing to see. Your desires revealed in me. I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away.